0: Book Eight, Chapter Three of the Boys and Girls' Pliny, Volume Four. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Boys and Girls' Pliny, Volume Four, by Pliny the Elder. Chapter Three Bees. But among them all, the first rank, and our special admiration, ought in justice to be accorded to bees, which alone, of all the insects, appear to have been created for the benefit of man. They extract honey and collect it, a juicy substance remarkable for its extreme sweetness, lightness and wholesomeness. They form their combs and collect wax, an article that is useful for a thousand purposes of life. They are patient of fatigue, toil at their labours, form themselves into political communities, hold councils together in private, elect chiefs in common, and a thing that is the most remarkable of all, have their own code of morals. In addition to this, being as they are neither tame nor wild, so all-powerful is nature that, from a creature so minute as to be nothing more hardly than the shadow of an animal, she has created a marvel beyond all comparison. What muscular power what exertion of strength are we to put in comparison with such vast energy and industry as theirs what display of human genius in a word shall we compare with the reasoning powers manifested by them in this they have at all events the advantage of us they know of nothing but what is for the common benefit of all away then with all questions whether they breathe or no and let us be ready to agree on the question of their blood and now, let us form some idea of the instinct they display. Bees keep within the hive during the winter, for whence are they to derive the strength requisite to withstand frosts and snows and the northern blasts? The same, in fact, is done by all insects, but not to so late a period, as those which conceal themselves in the walls of our houses are much sooner sensible of the returning warmth. With reference to bees, Either seasons and climates have considerably changed or else former writers have been greatly mistaken. They retire for the winter at the setting of the Virgilier, and remain shut up till after the rising of that constellation, well past the beginning of spring. They do not come forth to ply their labours until the bean blossoms, but then not a day do they lose in inactivity while the weather is favourable for their pursuits. First of all, they set about constructing their combs and forming the wax or in other words making their dwellings and cells after this they produce their eggs and then make honey and wax from flowers and extract bee glue from the tears of those trees which distil glutinous substances the juices gums and resins namely of the willow the elm and the reed with these substances as well as others of a more bitter nature They first line the whole inside of the hive, as a sort of protection against the greedy propensities of other small insects, as they are well aware that they are about to form that which will prove an object of attraction to them. Having done this, they employ similar substances in narrowing the entrance to the hive, if otherwise too wide. The bees also form collections of bee-bread to serve as the food of the bees while they are at work, and is often found stowed away in the cavities of the cells being of a bitter flavour it is produced from the spring dews and the gummy juices of trees being less abundant while the south-west wind is blowing and blackened by the prevalence of the south wind sometimes it is of a reddish colour and becomes improved by the north-east wind it is found in the greatest abundance upon the nut-trees in greece bees form wax from the blossoms of almost all trees and plants Where olives are in the greatest abundance, the swarms of bees are the most numerous. Bees are not injurious to fruit of any kind. They will never settle on a dead flower, much less a dead carcass. They pursue their labours within three score paces of their hives, and when the flowers in their vicinity are exhausted, they send out scouts from time to time to discover places for forage at a greater distance. When overtaken by night in their expeditions, they watched till the morning, lying on their backs, in order to protect their wings from the action of the dew. It is not surprising that there have been persons who have made bees their exclusive study. Aristomachus of Soli, for instance, who for a period of fifty-eight years did nothing else. Philiscus of Tharsus also surnamed Agrius, who passed his life in desert spots, tending swarms of bees. Both of these have written works on this subject. End of chapter recording by Rachel May Ferryman.